Are you looking for a new kind of talk show? One that motivates and encourages you to follow your passions? Welcome to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. You'll hear from a variety of guests from all walks of life. Now, here is your host, Eugenia Foxworth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Foxworth Theory. I am your host, Eugenia Foxworth, and we have a fantastic show lined up for you today. The show is about art, fashion, entertainment, and business. And we interview the movers and the shakers from all over the world, and we allow them to tell their stories. Chrissy Monroe was born to go global. Raised in Baltimore, Maryland, she endured a challenging childhood. She started a television career on a show called The Shakedown and also appeared in Monique's Comedy Club at the age of 29, where she became a brand ambassador for Pabst Brewing Company and made several television appearances. She subsequently launched her own talent and modeling development company called Lejeune Entertainment. Help me welcome the beautiful and talented Christy Monroe. Welcome to the show, Christy. Okay. So, I moved to New York at the age of 29. I actually started acting and modeling at the age of maybe 17, 18. That's when I first was, you know, on Baltimore City Cable. Um, I did the show for at Monique's Comedy Club, Monique the Comedian. She's also from Baltimore. Um, so I, I developed the, the, the acting bug at a, a young age. Um, but I moved to New York when I was 29 because I decided I needed to be here where the work is. Um, Baltimore gave me a lot of opportunities. I had the chance to work with Michael Moore to, to, to you know, become an extra on the wire, any, any major productions that they had there, but it was limited. I knew, you know, New York is the big apple and I needed to take a bite. So I moved here at 29, completely started my life over. I only knew two people. Um, that's when I became a model for the uh, Pabst. Uh, that was my biggest break when I first moved here for the Pabst company. I was signed to a three-year contract with them doing calendars, appearances, traveling um, as a paid model, um, which, which was, a, you know, a lot of exposure. Um, and between that time, did a lot of different things. But by far, my biggest um, break where most people know me from is VH1's Love and Hip Hop New York season five. I was the main cast member. Um, and most people know me also from being on the Dr. Phil show and on the learning channel. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your growing up in Baltimore. What was your childhood like? Well, it, it was extremely rough. Um, I come from a family of, uh, let me put this nicely. Um, addicts and alcoholics. Um, I'm the youngest. I had an older sister and an older brother. Um, my mother basically left when I was 12 and told me you're old enough to take care of yourself. And she ran off with my brother's boy, my brother's best friend who was staying with us in our basement and got strung out on heroin. 
there were maybe sometimes months and years where I wouldn't see my mother. Occasionally I would hear things, you know, but she was basically um, out actively using intravenous drugs um, and living out of her car. My father um, was my caretaker, but he was a functional alcoholic, which means he could hold a job. But after he got off work every night, he would go to the bar and get drunk. So he, he kept the roof over my head and food on the table, but didn't really provide much in the form of guidance. He had a fifth grade education. So pretty much I raised myself. Um, no positive role models whatsoever. My father remarried when I was 15 or 16. The woman did not like me. All of her children were already grown and out of the nest. So she didn't want me around. She just wanted to be my, my father and her. So her and I used to fight a lot. Sometimes it would get physical and my father kicked me out. So imagine the heartbreak of not only my mother abandoning me, my father basically turning his back on me um, and having nowhere to go. So, you know, I was out, I, I tried to do the right things. I still tried to stay in high school despite the circumstances, but I was staying on people's couches, um, living from place to place. Um, I said, you know what, I'm going to have to quit school. This was by 11th grade. Um, I quit school. I immediately got my GED because I knew if I didn't do it at the time, I would have never done it. Um, I got a job, but it paid $300 a week. We're talking about the late 80s. So that was decent money back then, but it wasn't enough. I couldn't even afford to buy furniture or even get an apartment, you know, anything like that. Um, so I ended up working in the adult entertainment business as a stripper, dancer, adult entertainer. Everyone has a different name for it as a minor. Um, maybe by the time I was 17 back then, they didn't card you, you know, you could just come to work at the club. So now I'm making $300 a night. You know what I mean? So it got to be very addictive. I got, I got very, um, used to making fast money, all the attention of being in the club, um, customers bringing in gifts, things like that. Um, and you know, I never looked back. I got caught up in that fast life. Um, yeah. So, you know, um, right. And honestly, yeah, it, it, it wasn't, I had no problem with it at the time, but as I got older, I realized I was meant for more that, of course, of course. And, yeah. and, and that's what I was going to say to you. That is, is you can correct me or not, um, but that is the reason why you want to provide resources to help domestic violence against women in particular, because people usually think domestic violence is in the home, but domestic violence is everywhere that you call a home. I say, my home is where I work because I spend more time at work than I do at home. Yes. Well, that wasn't the exact reason, even though I did grow up in a dysfunctional, violent household. My mother was extremely abusive to us as children as well. But um, fast forward to 2015, when I left Love and Hip Hop, I started dating another guy, not the man that I was on the show with. Everyone always asks me, a younger man from Brooklyn. And he almost killed me. He almost beat me to death. He robbed me for over $10,000 worth of jewelry. Um, and I almost lost everything that I had worked so hard for. And I'm also famous now. Like, so imagine 
all of this going on and then now you're in the public eye, it was not a good space to be mentally. Um, but I said, you know what? I, I'm not going to let him get away with this. I pressed charges. Um, the Yonkers district attorney here, I live in Westchester County, New York, only gave him three months. The judge gave him three months for what he did to me. And I had photos. He broke my front tooth. I have permanent hearing damage in my left ear. He dislocated my jaw, cracked my rib. Medical reports, I provided everything. Three months. That's a joke. This man almost killed me. But there's a reason for yeah. everything, and look at you now. Yeah. So tell us about Survive to Thrive. Why did you create this? It's a dumb question for me to ask, but it's really not. I always tell young people, every question is important. If you don't know it, it's not dumb, and then no. you get the, the truth. Absolutely. Um, I decided to start it because I had been blessed with a platform from being on television and I still got no justice. So I could, I said, I can only imagine what most people who have absolutely no voice, no platform go through. I need to become a voice for the voiceless and use my platform for the greater good and get this out here worldwide. So it's survived to thrive global because Domestic violence is worldwide. This is also a global pandemic. People are dying every day. So that's why I decided because I have a voice, I have a presence, and I have a following. And I'll tell you, I'm in my fifth year now. It's my five-year anniversary. I have no regrets. This has become my life's legacy. That's great. So um, based on your observation. Why do some women find it hard to leave their abuser? Okay, that's a, that's a good question. There's a lot of, every each situation is unique, of course. Most of the time, it's for financial reasons. A lot of time, it's fear. So imagine if you met your husband in high school, you got pregnant, you were 17, now you have three kids by this guy. You don't have any job skills. You have no education. You have no money in the bank. You pretty much have been alienated from your friends and family because that's what most abusers do. They get you away from all that so they can isolate and abuse you. You have nowhere to go. That's the number one reason. There's really nowhere to go. And people can say, oh, aren't there shelters? A lot of these shelters are worse than the streets. A lot of people end up homeless because of domestic violence. Some of these shelter programs, especially here in New York City, are horrible. They treat you when, like a, a criminal when you come in, the workers. They're dirty. They don't, they're not giving you the things that you're supposed to get. You're re-victimized. You're re-traumatized. So a lot of women end up going back to their abuser because they have nowhere to go. And then you're pulling your children out of school, away from their friends. And then a lot of times now I say the fear is... If you leave me, I'm going to kill you. A lot of the murders that you see on television are after the woman has left. And he says, he'll find, you know, he'll find you and kill you. And I told you, if you ever leave me, I was going to kill you. And I meant it. They'll kill the kids as well. And sometimes turn the, the gun on themselves. It happens a lot. We just marched Saturday in Harlem um, out front of a young lady's uh, house. She was murdered three weeks ago. She was out. She had four restraining orders against her ex that did not protect her. 
she had moved on, opened her heart again to fall in love, was pregnant, just had a baby shower that day, one of the best lot, supposedly one of the best days of this woman's life. Her ex was waiting for her outside of her building. When she was getting out of her car, unloading her gifts to take them into her building, he came up and shot her in her face. Mm. And this is after she was out. So it, 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 getting out, yes, that's the ideal. But getting away and them not finding you, you know, there's so many things. It's scary. Some of these men never give up. And how do you educate others about domestic violence and how to survive it? Okay, so I can only share my experience, um, but I also provide a platform for others to come on via social media um, and groups. We have private groups every other Saturday in the city, which are, we're gonna restart now in November because of COVID. Um, just having social media has been so powerful. Um, I think we have almost 17,000 followers on that page now. And just wow. posting information and having different stories and people come on and tell their stories. And when I go live answering questions, our shared experiences has created a sisterhood um, where, you know, we know I wasn't the crazy one. And, and a lot of abuse, people don't know. There's emotional abuse, financial, mental, verbal, narcissistic abuse. A lot of these different forms of abuse are happening and some people don't even realizing, realize that they're experiencing it. Like I didn't know. My situation started with emotional abuse, with him ignoring me. And it was all premeditated and manipulative to get me groomed to the next phase, which was the verbal, and then it became physical. So that's the education that, that we, we try to get out there to recognize what's going on and get out before it gets physical, if possible. So in that, how would one recognize the abuser? I mean, what are some of the key things to look for? Um, well, usually, they, like I said, the first thing they'll try to do is get you away from your friends and family. They'll tell you, your family doesn't care about you. Or your friend wants, wants to get with me. I've seen her looking at me. Don't trust her. They try to turn you against everyone. Or they'll be, and, or, and, or, they'll start telling you, oh, you can't wear that blouse. Don't wear, I don't want you wearing that out in public. It, it looks too low cut. Or you'll be out in public and, you know, they got their arm around you like, like you're, you know, like you're their property, just too overbearing. Or they'll start uh, with this, the sly put downs. Oh, you know, you'd look better if you lost 20 pounds. Just gradual. They, they trickle it in little by little. So it's, it's like. You don't really know how bad it's getting until you're really wrapped up in it until maybe a few months go by and you've developed feelings for this person. That's another reason why a lot of people don't leave because it wasn't always bad. Remember, some of these people were wonderful. We fell in love with them, right? We, we got into a relationship. We married them for a reason. There's always that hope sometimes that they're going to go back to that person we fell in love with. And mm -hmm. we don't want to go back out to the singles bar we don't want to go back out there in the streets. We still want to keep our relationship and we're praying to God that he'll change, but they don't change. 90, 98% don't change. They usually get worse. And uh, do you feel that it's easier for a single woman without children uh, to leave or 
a married a married woman with children to leave? Um, definitely single, because that's that's you getting out, and you don't have to worry about other mouths to feed, and and mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people leave with just the clothing on their back, um, and and stay gone. First, what I about those with the the husbands without children? What do you mean? If someone is married and they don't have a child, yeah, is it the same as the single woman leaving? Or is there something else? Is it more difficult? It, it, it's the same. I mean, you can always fall for divorce because of the abuse. If, is, if you go and get an, a restraining order and all that, that's usually grounds. Um, and a lot of people don't realize, too, um, there's programs throughout the United States where you can change your social security number and your name to relocate as well. I so, was not aware of that. Mm -hmm. I, I offered that, but I said, no, I don't need to do that. Okay. See, I had um, an experience with a, a client, a, a beautiful, beautiful young lady. And um, he said to her what you said, if you leave me, I'm going to kill you. Mm -hmm. But fortunately, I told her when, when she had the opportunity to run to the police station, and let the, you know, and file for, um, to file that he's abusing her. And uh, she was afraid to do it because of the way that the police treat uh, men of color more so. I, I should have mentioned that. So I'm just saying, you know, it, it frightened me for her that she had this much fear. Now, in your words, does domestic violence impact the children? A hundred percent. Of course. You know how traumatizing that is to sit there as a baby and see your mother or father being beat on in front of you? That's something you're going to remember for the rest of your life. Well, I, I remember as my, being a child for my parents, of course. Yeah, I was, I just asked that question because I'm looking at you and your strength and your survival through what you just told us briefly. So that's why I had to answer, ask you that question. No, it's a but valid question. Very strong individual. I wasn't this strong when this happened to me, though. I really had to pick up the pieces of my life and it wasn't easy. But I'm, you know, I have to be strong for the others who aren't so strong right now right so what are the chances of a victim leaving the abuser just to find themselves back in the same space with another abuser well well statistics show it normally takes between seven to ten times for a woman to leave sometimes they'll go leave come back leave come back leave come back it's hard to leave because they say oh baby i'm never going to hit you again i love you so much i'm going to change no matter what I personally got out of that physically abusive relationship and then a year later ended up dating someone who was abusing me mentally. It was narcissistic abuse, which I didn't even know about at the time until it happened to me. Um, he never put his hands on me, but he played constant mind games, sending me photos with him and other women in bed. 
all kind of stuff to trigger reactions from me that really messed me up mentally and got to get a reaction. And he, he enjoyed it playing those games, hurting me. He liked to make me cry. He would say things, you know, I wasn't that attractive as another woman that he just saw. Just things like that, those kind of games. So, yes, the chances of leaving one abusive relationship and getting into another one are very high unless we do the healing work that's required. Uh, now, I'm the body to play with. Like, I, I see those red flags. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not so easy just to let you into my heart and to my life now. I really have to get to know you and you have to show me the type of gentleman that you are if you are a gentleman and that's good and that's that's uh it takes time because i always say verbal and mental abuse is worse than physical abuse and i've said that to young ladies um that i know um that have well, the one young lady that I was telling you about. Now, there's one thing. Is the perpetrator of domestic violence always a man or can it be a woman? No, oh, it can be a woman. Happens all the time. It just goes reported less because men are too ashamed to go and say, my wife beat me up. They're, you know, the, the male ego is a fragile thing. So you're going into the police department with these macho, hey, cops, you know, and saying, my wife beat me up, uh, you know, you're afraid you're going to get laughed at. So most men don't report these incidents. And, and it's sad because men get abused a lot, you know, especially a lot of time financially as well. A lot of women are taking their money, taking their money, taking just, you know, taking their money squandering their money away, ruining these men's businesses. There's so many forms of abuse towards men. It's mostly verbal though. And it's also me going through your phone and let me see your phone. I want to look through your phone and make sure you're not cheating. That's also abuse. If you don't trust, trust the person, don't be with the person. No one has the right to take your property and, and search it and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's also another form of abuse. It's invading someone else's privacy. And that happens a lot with men. And also with, Baby mamas, keeping the kids away from the father is also abuse. If they're a good man and they're trying to do right, using that child as leverage is abuse too. And keeping your child away from the father uh, is also abuse. Yeah. So the other question, which, you know, just reading about it and, and seeing, and I often say to myself, why is it so hard for women who are victims of domestic violence to report the abuse and to leave their partners. I know if you hit me, I kickbox, I'm going to be in jail. So I'm trying to figure out why. I mean, you perhaps can answer that. Okay. Um, fear. My ex told me if I go to the police and get him locked up, I will pay with my life. He had other people, male and female, calling my phone, threatening to cut my face, telling me my address. It's not so easy just to press charges because it's a misdemeanor and they let them write out. And guess what happens when they get out? They come back looking for you and mess you up even more. Oh, and I'm not, I, I can fight. I fought back, but this man was way stronger than me. This man worked out every day. He was taller, bigger than me. 
I shouldn't have to fight a grown man. It shouldn't have even had to ever come to that. So why, that's always the thing. Why don't you just leave? It's not that simple because these, these abusers don't want to let go. Some of them will stalk you. They will, uh, through social media, they'll be out front of your house. They'll threaten your new partner. They'll, they'll have somebody call, else come and try to harm you. There's, it's just disgusting. Um, so, yeah, and then the police, dealing with the police is very intimidating when you're in that state of mind as well. So, you know, we're talking about someone, like you said, the, the emotional, the verbal, the mental abuse is very, very destructive. So if your mind is so beaten down, it's hard to walk into a precinct where it's mostly men and be so open with what he did to you. He may have raped you. He may have done some unspeakable things that you're not comfortable talking to a male officer about. That whole process in your mind is so intimidating and you're already almost just mentally dead. You know, right. you're just walking like a zombie. I'm not, I was nothing like the person you see today when this happened. Well, I'm sure you're not. You're a beautiful woman. And if you were like you were, you would not be sitting there and you would not be doing the things that you do. But on that note, we're going to have to take a commercial break. And uh, this is Eugenia Foxworth with the Foxworth Theory. And my guest is Chrissy Monroe. And we will be right back. Thank you. Hello, I'm Eugenia Foxworth, inviting you to join me every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Foxworth Theory Podcast on the Voice America Variety Channel, the Harlem America Digital Network, and my very own YouTube channel. I interview the movers and shakers worldwide in art, culture, fashion, wellness, and business. So join me. Eugenia Foxworth for an hour of lively talk and information on the Foxworth Theory, seen on my YouTube channel and heard Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and on the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to the Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to the Foxworth Theory. I am your host, Eugenia Foxworth, and my guest is Chrissy Monroe. Um, the story she is telling us, if you were not on earlier, is riveting. So, therefore, and informative. I would like to ask you a question, another question. How else does domestic abuse affect how a child interacts with other children? Well, I'm not a parent. Um, I don't have any you were a child. I'm were, sorry. You were a child. Yeah, exactly. Um, I found myself back then um, 
abusing, being a bull, not, not being a bully, but fighting a lot in school, um, picking on certain children. Um, I was hurt and I was angry. I felt, I felt powerless to help my father. Now this was my mother that would abuse my father. My father was such a good man. My mother was like a tornado in that house. I mean, horrible. It's all going to be, I, I just wrote a book. It will all be in the book. Um, but I found myself acting out in different ways. I couldn't pay attention in school a lot. I was afraid to come home a lot. Um, yeah. And, and I also started, you know, doing wild things at a young age to get away from the house and look for a boyfriend, just some kind of love and comfort. So, um, yeah, there's, there's like each kid is different, but for me personally, I was kind of mean and took it out on weaker, what I thought were weaker kids in the neighborhood, just cause just, just, I needed that outlet cause I was so hurt and angry that I couldn't help my father. So basically, that's how you felt. Do you feel that other children of a des of, of domestic abuse, um, you know, violence and things like that? Um, how do you think that you know their thoughts? So, what are your thoughts about those children since you yourself experienced it? Well. It hurts my heart. I've spoken at middle schools and, um, you know, to that, that age demographic um, of young women. And some of them have told me that this goes on in their house. Um, and same thing. They feel helpless. And honestly, a lot of these children grow up to also become abused or abusive. It's, it's a vicious cycle that needs to stop. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of soul searching myself and realized I was gravitating towards abusive men subconsciously because of my childhood. And I learned that in therapy, a lot of these traits were re, re coming out of me again in my adult life. So I try to tell the young, younger generation when I speak to them, um, you know, this isn't love. It's not acceptable for a boy to put his hands on you, things like that. A lot of these younger girls are getting the wrong messages through social media and what they're seeing at home with, you know, what their mom is accepting. Sometimes the mother has a different boyfriend in the house every other month. They're being exposed to so many things that they're confused. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them end up being abused because just like me, they're looking for love outside of the home. So it, it's just so deep. It's just, I wish I could save everyone, but I, you know, I can't, but I really wish I could just, just get, that's why I, I want to get this message out here about domestic violence as much as I can around the world, because it's always so swept under the rug. I really want to keep domestic violence front and center. So you have to. Kids, yeah. It's my life's legacy. I, it's, I don't have kids. This is my kid. This is my baby. This foundation. What are uh, some of the things that you, um, that parents should look out for in their children. You know, I'm just thinking about the young lady that disappeared, that was murdered, and they suspect that it was her boyfriend that they were doing a cross-country trip together. I mean, what are, what are the things that parents should look for in their children? 
whether it's a teenager or a young person, you know. Um, definitely, you know, a mother's instinct is, is spot on. Like if you see your child acting nervous, uh, quiet, hiding things, just being less responsive, staying out more, um, it may be drugs. You may not know. It may not be domestic violence. But as a parent, parents need to understand that they have to tell, you know, sit down and try to say, is there anything you need to talk about or anything going on? You want to tell me I'm not judging you. You can't make your kid feel like they're going to be penalized by you if you're telling them something, no matter what it is that you're going to be there and, and accept, because that's why these kids hide and lie. And, and cover things up because they feel like they're going to be punished at home and things like that. You need to make a, a safe environment. Then they're going to come to you and trust you to say, yeah, my boyfriend, um, you know, he tried to have sex with me. I told him I wasn't ready, but he was forceful. So we did it. You know what I'm saying? Things like that, and, you know, to, event, to prevent more of it happening or prevent your, your child from getting pregnant or impregnating someone. These kids are hiding because they're afraid of their parents. Um, so, you know, I, I can't really say what to look for because I'm not a parent, but I was that teenager who was hiding and yes. things from my father, but my father really didn't care. My father really wasn't around. I was just out there. Um, so yeah, you know, I always say anything you have to hide or lie, you shouldn't be doing. So, you know, and, and you can't stop it as a parent. And, and this goes the same for people that are on drugs. They have to be ready to leave the situation. When I do talk to someone in, 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 in danger that's going through domestic violence, the first thing I ask them, are you ready to leave and never go back? A lot of times I hear, I don't know because I love him and I, you're not ready. I can't come and grab you out of your house and make you ready. They have to be ready. So as a, as a teenager, a child, whatever, if they are going through it, they have to be ready to leave the situation and ready to tell someone and ready to talk about it. But it's good that you are there because kids, even under normal, um, what we call normal um, homes, will often need someone to reach out to because they're afraid to say to their parents, I'm going out with this person or... or you know, knowing that the parents may object. So I think it's good that they have someone that they can go to or they can see on the internet and understand. But what determines the severity of these effects concerning children and domestic abuse? I mean, we've, you've answered a lot of the things, but... What do you mean in terms of severity? Like... In other words, um, the real effects, mental, the, the, the men, like for them to have like a, a mental breakdown or they go and they do drugs or they take painkillers or things like that. Some of them reach out to other things, maybe not necessarily people. Um, I can't say what would determine the severity because in my opinion, any form of abuse is severe. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I was going through it, I had a woman leave a comment 
on the internet because I had posted a photo of my black eye just to show people that this is real. I'm not just some person on TV saying, oh, let me have a cause and talk about it. No, this happened to me. I want you to see that this happened to me. This can happen to anybody. So the woman, some random woman wrote, oh, girl, all you got was a black eye. You need to shut up. Like minimizing it. All I got was a black eye. But that's the mentality of a lot of people. I'm sorry. Call even calling me names or doing certain things is there's no there's no levels to it. It's abuse, period. Mm-hmm. So who's to say what happened? Somebody something could have happened to someone in their teenage years, but they don't even act act out on it until ten years later until they get married. Every right. every person is different. So there's really no actual answer right answer for that to say you know the severity and this and that and the the so-called laws that are in place are so antiquated that they really don't protect us as victims and survivors they're more in favor of the abuser these are laws from the 1940s and 50s where it was domestic violence a matter between a husband and wife inside the home well Mm -hmm. we're in 2021 that's a long time ago but these are still the laws and guidelines that they're following in the court system and they need to be abolished and restructured. So I totally agree. It, I totally agree a felony. With it needs to become a felony. I'm actually speaking in front of Mike Spano, the mayor here in Yonkers on Tuesday um, about some legislation uh, that we want to pass here to get, just get these laws toughened up. You know, these guys shouldn't be out walking the street to keep reoffending. Yes. And I say guys, because I'm speaking as a female, I'm a woman, but generally speaking, male or female. And another issue that I really have, I'm going to be honest with you, there are a lot of women sitting in prison, some for life, for killing their abuser, and they do not deserve to be there. Yes. They They are not violent people. They are not vicious people, but they are being punished for defending their lives and sometimes their children's lives against somebody who was trying to kill them. That needs to change. These women need to be let out of prison to raise their children. Yes, yes, for sure. And that, I don't think there's anyone that would go against what you just said. I mean, the laws should be changed and these women, yes, protecting themselves. I mean, it's, this is something very important and what you are bringing forth and you're saying you're speaking to Mayor Spano, that's great. Now, I wanna, on another side, okay? When you're not saving women, and I hope this is correct since we had a little error before, um, um, what are you doing with your um, lifestyle brand? serving looks tell us about your company okay so i started a uh online business last november called serving looks it's cosmetics these are from my um my website serving looks oh the pluses i have cosmetics apparel this is my logo little blonde jessica rabbit type this is a hoodie um apparel accessories these are available jewelry and i'm actually um 
developing a new skincare line as well, because I was in the plastic surgery and med spa business for several years. Everyone asked me, what are you using your skin? So it only makes sense to start incorporating skincare into my business. So yeah, these are my shirts. Super cute. I love it. They're so cute. Cute, right? I love it. Yes. So I chose the name Serving Looks for me because Serving Looks represents confidence. You're walking in the room and honey, all eyes on me. I am serving them. I am serving the looks. Switching up your looks, playing dress up is something that I've always liked to do. So, you know, it's just, it's a more fun fun brand and you know just glamorous things I like everything blingy and fun and girly and you know so so do I I mean I I loved your 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 packaging um I don't know if it was a brush but with the glitz and the pink it was so neat I don't think anyone is doing that now yeah this is a lip gloss okay like that and then these are my royal crown these are the boss gloss these are the royal crown collections and these are lip liquid matte lipsticks that you oh. wear as yes especially now when we're wearing masks and the lipstick gets up on your nose you look like you should be in barnum and bailey when you take your yes. mask off that's wonderful yes. so these are always handy to have <clears throat> yes. yes oh i like that so is there a website where people can find out more? Yes. Or so so www.servinglooks.shop for the store. And then for my Domestic Violence Foundation is www.survivetothriveglobal.org. <coughs> Sorry, my throat. I have allergies. And what do you love the most about what you do? You're so interesting. I mean, I think you're so brave. I mean, yes, the other, you, you have to be brave to be. You did a 360, and to me, that is being brave. So tell me, what do you love the most about what you do, about what Chrissy does? I love changing lives. I love saving lives and I love inspiring others to become their best selves inside and out. And I'm living proof of that. I've completely come from nothing to becoming who I am, a brand. And who would have thought? Because I will, oh, like I said, I always wasn't this confident. You know, I'm an ex-stripper, come from a family of addicts, high school dropout. And I've never let any of those things deter me or use that as an excuse or a crutch not to succeed in my life. I couldn't, I can't help with the, the cards that I was dealt, but I, I can play, play them differently. So um, just inspiring people. It, when people walk up to me, I was at a convention at Jacob Javits last week. A woman came up and hugged me and started crying about how much I've helped her and inspired her. And I didn't know the woman. But she's like, you really, you'll know what you've done to inspire me from, you know, all the things that you do and, and, and your pages and things that you say and your story. That to me is the most fulfilling thing in life, better than being on any television show or any amount of money can buy is, is really making a change in people's life. That really touches my heart. That's what fuels me. And it shows when you speak, you speak with passion. You're not one of those people that says, okay, I'm going out there for this. It's coming from within. And I'm going to ask you something. Mm -hmm. uh, you 
don't use a bad word, <laughs> but you didn't come from nothing. You came from something and you peeled away the negativity and look at your positiveness. That's yeah. all I'm saying. So yeah. who are some of the celebrities that have supported and helped you with your brand? Okay, so my last fundraiser, which was before COVID, um, I had Fat Joe, Remy Ma, Papoose, Raw Digger, and Al Reynolds come and host. Um, we made Pix 11 that night. That was great for the brand to expose any, any amount. Like people will say, I want to interview you. They may only have a thousand followers, but guess what? That may be a thousand people who need to hear something about domestic violence. So I don't ever turn my nose up and say, oh, your platform's not big enough. No. And that, you know, in that aspect, my foundation is that I'm not the, the biggest foundation, but these celebrities have come and supported me and helped me um, in spite of me still being pretty much new and growing. Um, so that means a lot to me. Um, Dawn Florio is my, she's my vice president. She is one of New York's top criminal defense attorneys and my best friend. She has been tremendous as far as getting the message out as well. She's very well connected. A lot of, um, she has a lot of celebrity clients and things. So, you know, everything works hand in hand. Um, that's why I like still to, to do TV and, and modeling projects because the more publicity I get, the more publicity I can bring to my cause, everything, and to my products. <laughs> so, yes, of course. I mean, you need not that. Not a big deal. Yes. <laughs> yes. I am with you with the products, and you love that. Um, there is um, there's a women's organization that are attorneys. There used to be, and they I don't know if they still exist. But one of the founders was a, a woman who made clothing. And uh, I can't think of the name, Nina. And a lot of the attorneys were supportive of her. And every time you bought a garment, a percentage went to the organization to help women. So when you mentioned uh, your friend's name, I was just curious. Now... You've been featured on Dr. Phil. Yes. Uh, TLC, yes. Fox News, and many other popular television and radio shows. Learn, learn more and lend your support. Is that your organization where they can find you? People can find you? Learn more and... Would survive Remember, I read back things. You were on radio shows, etc., yeah. and um, survive to thrive global organization. Yes. That's yours. Yes. What threw me off is this: learn more and lend your support. In other words, they people can learn more and yes. lend their support. Yeah, yes. with your www survive. To thriveglobal.org. Correct. Okay, or I wanted to make sure. Yeah, or follow on Instagram at Survive to Thrive Global. It's a purple icon. 
Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break now. Uh, we'll be right back to the Foxworth Theory and Chrissy Monroe. So please come back. Thank you to the Foxworth Theory. Hi, I'm Eugenia Foxworth, the host of the Foxworth Theory podcast, wishing you all a happy and a safe holiday season. Be sure to view me every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Foxworth Theory podcast, heard on Voice America Variety Channel, the Harlem America Digital Network, and seen on my very own YouTube channel, The Foxworth Theory. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Foxworth Theory with Eugenia Foxworth. Now... Back to this week's show. Welcome back to the Foxworth Theory. And I am your host, Eugenia Foxworth. And my guest is Christy Monroe. And if you're just joining us, you've missed a good, wonderful education. And uh, perhaps those of you who have been watching will be able to help others through listening to Chrissy. So now, Chrissy, what are you doing now to keep this mission you have in the public eye so that we can stop domestic abuse? I know that you're doing the promotional things. Is there anything else that you're doing? Well, I don't do any kind of counseling. I'm not a licensed counselor. Um, just me coming forward and sharing my experience has been tremendously helpful to so many people because you asked me earlier, which celebrities support. I've reached out to a lot of celebrities. They turned a blind eye or a deaf ear. Um, you know, a lot of people just won't help or they're not ready to come out and say, Hey, this happened to me or someone I know. And I don't expect them to, everybody can do things on their own time. But a lot of celebrities have been um, in situations and they, they sweep it under the rug like it never happened. So me coming forward was not easy, but um, it really showed, I guess, the bravery of me coming forward and that you can come forward, too, and you're still going to be OK. Um, and you don't have to worry about, you know, being embarrassed. I thought I was going to be laughed at. I thought people I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. So, you know, um, that, that's been major. Just me coming forward has been big. Like I said, I don't do therapy, licensed counseling. I'm not a licensed counselor. I don't want to be liable to tell someone, oh, well, girl, punch him back. And then the girl gets hurt worse. I don't tell anyone what to do. I can only share my knowledge. My peers and also other survivors can share their experiences and their knowledge We've pretty much formed a sisterhood. Um, and with the groups, they are free, confidential. 
so like you know there's AA meetings there's NA meetings there's all kind of meetings for for people of different things Overeaters Anonymous but where is there to go for people like me survivors and family members of survivors and victims of domestic violence there isn't anywhere so these groups we sit in a circle are just very therapeutic as far as some people just need to be heard. Some people have no one. They've come out of this or they're still in this and they're being judged. They're being victim blamed. Why didn't you leave? You should have left sooner. From people who don't know what it's like to be in it. This is a safe space, non-judgmental zone for us to, to just talk and share our, our, share our experiences and realize, oh my God, you went through that too? You, I'm not crazy like he said I was. You know, it, it's it's just a lot of healing that takes place um, and learning. So just just something that simple, just to give someone a voice that never had a voice before, in in a room full of other people that aren't judging them, is is sometimes I start crying like you know because it's just so powerful. Um, and you know. I tell people all the time, be careful who you talk to and who you trust with your situation. Sometimes they're going to judge you. And sometimes some of these people are glad it's happening or happened to you. Sometimes it's even in your own family. They can be your biggest haters. And, you know, so coming to other survivors, you don't have to worry about us saying, well, girl, you shouldn't have wore that short skirt. He wouldn't have hit you. None, there's none of that. There is none of that. And that's so refreshing to us that have been through it because that we're so beaten down it's nice to have that uplifting and encouragement that you know what there's life after survive to thrive is i'm a survivor and now my life is even better because now i really love myself because i realized it was me or him and it wasn't going to be me and now I really want to get better and, and and be the best version of me i can be and show all those people who kicked me when I was down, I'm back and I'm better than before and I'm thriving. And that's why I named it Survive to Thrive Global because there is life. And I, I'm, I, I really strive to be an example of life after abuse. I'm a walking, talking example, testimony of getting your life back together. On that, I would like to thank you for coming on the Foxworth Theory. I'd like to thank our team. I'd like to thank the Harlem America Digital Network and Voice of America. And most of all, please watch the Foxworth Theory every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you, travel safely and be well. Hi, I'm Eugenia Foxworth. Thank you for watching the Foxworth Theory Podcast on my YouTube channel. I hope you enjoy what you see and hear. If so, make sure you hit the like button and follow the channel by clicking onto the subscribe button. By subscribing, you'll get to see this week's video podcast before the audio is streamed elsewhere. So again, like and subscribe to the Foxworth Theory channel. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to the Foxworth Theory. Be sure to join us for new shows every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And the shows are also available on the Harlem America Digital Network. We'll talk again next week.